What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to the Snap Podcast, and this is episode six with your favorite long snapper, Tucker Dunn. And on this episode, we have a very, very, very special guest, a friend of the program, new head coach of Colgate football, Stan DeCosti. And and we have a great interview with Coach DeCosti, and now decided because he is so special, um, I put him by himself in his own interview, and and then it was a great interview. And then for me to praise Coach Costi a little, uh, be honest with you, I was so happy that 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 he was named the new head coach to take over for Coach Hunt, and and then he talks about it in the interview how he learned so many things from Coach Hunt, and then obviously Coach Biddle, and and we talk about just his experience at Colgate in his twenty years of four as a player. And then slash a student coach slash a full time coach full time position coach coordinator uh, coordinator recruiting coordinator and now obviously the head coach and and yes Coach Tagasi um, uh, in my opinion will be a great great coach here and he is loved by all the players already a month in as him being the head coach and and then he's been doing an amazing job in camp and yeah so thank you thank you to everyone and thank you for Coach Tagasi for coming on now here we go. Head coach, Stan DeCosti. Okay, Raider Nation, um, on episode five uh, for our special interview, uh, we have our head coach, Stan DeCosti. Uh, coach just became um, our head coach about two months ago, and um, um, so far he's doing a great job. Uh, and Coach, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, Coach, how has it been as, as being a head coach for the first two months? It's been great. It's been awesome. Um, it's exciting to uh, have a chance to, you know, put your mark on a program. It's been such a huge part of my life. Um, it's been great to get as many guys as we've gotten back this summer, mm-hmm. you know, in early July and then, you know, throughout the last couple of weeks. So being around the guys and, and seeing how eager and anxious they are to get back to work is uh, makes it, you know, that much more exciting. But, but yeah, no, this has been Obviously, a um, you know long time long time goal. So the fact that it's a reality now is a pretty special thing. Okay, and um, um, and obviously you have you had a role model. Um, your father was was your coach and has been a head coach in PA for a while. So what? How how has he affected the way you've coached so far and as being a head coach and an assistant coach? Sure, I uh, actually have from my parents' standpoint. I, I was actually just home in Pennsylvania this past week, and my mom retired from teaching kindergarten after 42 years so we threw her a little party mm-hmm. so and I actually told the people at the party um there's his family and friends and stuff like that I said for how much I talk about my dad and there's a lot of notoriety about our relationship because of the football connection but when I speak about my mom I speak uh, with just as much pride and admiration because she's a great teacher and her work ethic to do that for 42 years is pretty special mm-hmm. you know I think that's the one thing with my dad like the the consistency of his you know, he did a run for 40 years, then he retired, then he took the program back over again last year because um, it was it was collapsing, so he didn't want that to happen. But to do to have that level of commitment for that long of time mm-hmm. is just, you don't see that too often. And that's a lot of little things um, that still matter to him over that period of time and the attention to detail and never getting complacent, um, never getting comfortable. You know, that stuff, you know, that, that's kind of that work ethic, that dedication. That's, that's huge from a role model standpoint. But he's a great leader. Uh, he's a great, um, you know, he's a great mentor to the players. But, you know, he's, he's a great football mind. But his, uh, 
his presence, his leadership, his way to motivate the guys, you know, his, him demanding a lot out of them, that's what separates him from a lot, and that's why he's got so many wins. Okay, and um, you played here, you graduated in 05, correct? Correct. And, uh, and you, had, you had an injury your sophomore year, and then when, when did you kind of decide that you wanted to be a coach? Was it here or was it after when, when I think it was Coach Biddle brought you on? Well, I think the, when I came to college, it was, I mean, we were a football family growing up, and like I said, my mom's a teacher, my sister's a teacher, everyone in my family's teachers, aunts, uncles, everything. So teaching was probably going to be, or education was on my radar coming mm-hmm. in here. Um, and high school coaching and, and teaching was obviously what I knew from a family standpoint, and I saw how good of that treated, how good that treated our family. So that was something that I was like, you know, just kind of, I was a football guy, that's mm-hmm. what I was going to do. Now, if I had a career uh, service development that we have right now, Tucker, mm-hmm. who knows where the world would have taken me exactly. with, through my industry research. But, uh, um, but I think, you know, I basically uh, when, I, when I got done, I was going to go get my master's and get my teacher certification and then go high school coach and teach. Mm-hmm. But when I got my first job out of Colgate at Amherst College, I had a great college experience there. I got my master's, I student taught, I got everything done. And then it was just, I enjoyed college football. And then I had an opportunity to come back here and, and be with another great program and coach with our coach under Coach Biddle that led me to stay in, coach, in college coaching, mm-hmm. you know, not so much, you know, the, the high school route. So, um, you know, so it was always going to be a, something around education, something around football. You know, if I can go back in time, I'd say, you know, my, my position coach here, Coach Pinkham, always told me I, need, I should have gone to law school because I, I had good grades, I had a good transcript, so he's like, at least apply to law school. So if I would have went the law school route, I'd probably, I'd still would have circled back to be around yeah. football some mm-hmm. form or fashion, okay, yeah. you know, so. Okay. And um, you've had, in, in the 16 years you've been a coach here, you've had very different roles. You started off, I think, um, I think it was Debbie, t- she told me you, you you were a strict earnings coach, and then and then you worked your way up. You were the head D backs coach, and then you became you became the recruiting coordinator. And then last year, before you were named the head coach, you were the co D coordinator, and then, um, and and so now you're the head coach. What has been like, like like what has been unique about each transition from from those positions exactly? Well, I think the first when I got here in two thousand seven, I was. You know, going. I was Division three coach, which is great because you actually get your own position. You get your own recruiting area, so you get a lot of hands-on coaching. It's so like when guys leave our program, if they say they want to get into coaching, I always kind of paint a picture of, listen, you can go to a Power 5 school that looks awesome and, uh, you know, it looks exciting, but you're going to be one of a lot of GAs. Um, you're going to get a lot of great experience, see a lot of great coaching, um, and there's a lot of positives to that. But if you go to Division three route, you're going to be hands-on from day one, mm-hmm. you know, so – being able to coach from you know the first time you step foot into a college office, um, kind of get thrown in a ringer there. By the time you got here, you have a pretty good grasp of okay, what a meeting room should look like, and kind of getting your hands on the guys. So, um, from an experience standpoint, that was easy from a transition. Um, I coached at tight ends. I did not play tight end. Um, I never blocked anybody in my life. So that was that was fun to get a little clued in with the run game stuff as well. Um, so I coached those guys for three years. That was awesome. We had a great crew, um, close with those guys. Still to this day, a lot of great guys from that room. I think in the three years I coached here, we probably had 20 combined catches. We blocked. That's what we did. And we took a lot of pride in that. We called ourselves the, 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 the Dark Knights because we were, how, however the saying goes, we were the hero the team needed, but no one was ready to admit it or something exactly, like that. Yeah. So we were, we were like nicknamed, the, the position group was the hybrids. Mm-hmm. So I actually had an H 
I cropped out an H and then I cropped out bat wings mm-hmm. and I put a yellow nice. thing behind it. That was like our, our, our deal. So um, there are a lot of good players, a lot of great dudes. So um, when the defensive back job came open, it's actually kind of similar in, in a little ways where I'm at now. Of uh, um, Our D-backs coach left. And I was restricted earnings, and the next step up is quote unquote full time, mm-hmm. and uh, so that was I was on offense, but that was a defensive spot. And I played, I played defense here for a couple of years, you know, while I got injured and in and out of injuries. So I was around the defensive side of the ball and Coach Pinkham. So that was kind of I knew, you know, lay the land there a little bit. But uh, but Coach Biddle, and so I'll always be, uh, um, you know, grateful for him as he basically said, "Here's spring ball, go coach the DBs." Mm-hmm. And then we'll figure it out after that. So I went from tight ends, got thrown right into the defensive world. Um, Coach the DBs that spring and the end of spring, he gave me the job. And uh, um, that transition was huge because tight end, your world's kind of small and focused in. Where DB, your world is big mm-hmm. and massive and yeah. responsibilities grow. So um, football-wise, that was a huge transition. And I, you can grow so much in a defensive back role. So I felt like I worked hard at that over the years. And then the recruiting coordinator, uh, Coach Biddle came in my office and he said, uh, he came in, shut the door, which like he never does. He's like, Stan, we're going scholarship next year. I was like, yes, coach. He goes, you want to be a recruiting coordinator? I was like, yes, coach. He goes, okay. And then he walked out. And that's how I became the recruiting coordinator with Coach Biddle. So I just wanted to organize like visit weekends and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, when people come to campus, want to make sure they get the best of this place. So, so that was fun. And then, um, you know, the, the stuff from Coach Hunt, you know, he gave me the associate coach title, and that's something that, you know, he he was been. I mean, he was awesome. Uh, you know, he's one of my closest friends, and um, I would not be anywhere near this spot right now if it wasn't for him. Because he basically, to have the um, lack of ego to let me take a huge uh, or, or feel like a huge ownership of this program was was, was in my reach and. Uh, um, you know, he gave me, you know, free reign for a lot of things and, and, and a part of a lot of huge decisions. So that was, um, you know, from a professional standpoint, you know, stuff outside the X's and O's to kind of be in his office going over big decisions with the program, mm-hmm. um, whether it's recruiting, you know, staff, whatever it is. I mean, that's something that, you know, got me prepared for this in a huge way. So for being the head coach. Yeah. 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 Okay. And um, what, it, what did you and what have you learned from, from Coach Hunt and then Coach Biddle? I think I'll start with Coach Biddle. Coach Biddle, um, you know, he's the low maintenance, the, you know, football is when you strip it all down, if guys just go out there, play tough and play hard, you know, you have a chance to win football games. Mm-hmm. And all the outside noise, um, all the extra stuff that, you know, can come along with it. Like he just was such, he did such a good job of just, you know, pushing that all aside and just he wanted guys that are just going to be low maintenance and play exactly, football. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, he was – he was a man of a few words, but when you got to know him or if he was around his players, I mean, he was, you know, the guys that played for him loved him, um, especially early on, you know, and, uh, you know, last couple of years, you know, he won the title in 12 and that was his last title. I think he coached for a couple of years after that. So, you know, before that transition, you know, we had, I think we had a, wins and losses wise, we had a tough couple of years. So, mm-hmm. um, but, but, you know, at the end of the day, he was, he was honest. He was straight to the point. You know, there wasn't going to be any fluff around him in regards to what his message was going to be, which was, which was pretty awesome. Uh, my first ever practice here as a freshman, um, I came in, I was a quarterback in high school, so I came in and we we're in stretch lines and I started clapping, you know, try to get everyone to clap and everything, like just, you know, 
high schools do. Exactly. And he blew the whistle, and he's like, cut that high school Harry crap and just stretch. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And it's, that's uh, one of my best examples of him, just uh-huh. like, we're out here to play football, just stretch, exactly. let's get ready to roll, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but he was a great person. He was always awesome to me. And uh, obviously the first word that comes to mind with him is just everyone will say tough mm-hmm. because he was just a tough dude. And, and uh, you know, but he also showed that, you know, to be tough is just, you know, be yourself and play tough. You know, you don't have to talk tough. You don't have to act tough off the field. Just go out and play tough. That's yeah. a major tough. Uh, and Coach, Coach Hunt, I think his, his biggest thing was his, uh, his demeanor, his even keel, his uh, ability to, you know, handle curveballs and never get too high, never get too low. Mm-hmm. Um, super confident, super smart guy. Um, you know, just a really good person that, that uh, again, I think he, he, did a lot of, he did a lot of letting his coaches um, coach and his players play. You know, he had a ability to great offensive mind, you know, and, and with, from that standpoint, he was awesome as an offensive coordinator. Um, but his, uh, his analytical way of looking at the game uh, was, was, was awesome as well. So um, I think from him, just treating people the right way, um, you know, I don't think he's ever treated anyone really, you know, negatively in, 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 in his life. So it's kind of one of those, uh, he's just a good person. And, and uh, you know, so it was good to see. And he wasn't, I mean, you play, he wasn't a holler and yeller type of guy, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, so he showed you can go about it, you know, in different ways, exactly. you know, but I think he's a guy that could develop player led teams. Sometimes there was coach led teams. Uh, I think Coach Hunt does a good job of, or he did a good job of empowering the guys to kind of take ownership mm-hmm. and exactly. uh, and run with it and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we could we could talk for a while about both of those guys. Sure, yeah. And um, as you talk about the recruiting, and obviously you take a lot of pride in your heritage from PA, as as do I. The good though, side of the even, state, even, yeah. Even though the western side's better, but that's okay. okay. We'll talk about that later. Another but, podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, um, and I think... For as long as you've been here, it seems like a lot A lot of the teams have at least 10 guys that have been from the state of Pennsylvania, and, and that's mostly you, obviously. And what what's, like, different about recruiting PA and just the type of player, especially in the different parts? And it's a huge state. People don't realize that. And yeah, I think the best thing about recruiting Pennsylvania, and um, I can't get too specifics into mm-hmm. recruiting here. I think there's NCAA guidelines against that. This is not a recruiting pitch for Colgate football. This is talking about the state of which I'm from. So let's call it like previous relationship or something. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, um, PA, think about PA. You got the powerhouses. You know, you obviously want going to Central Catholic. You know, but there's so many schools out there that sometimes fly under the radar exactly. that that we grab. You know, we grab kids from. We have and, multiple uh, guys on the team. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's and that's been like that when I was here. Mm-hmm. Like like Jared Nepo, who was on your uh, alumni panel last mm-hmm. week from. Uh, um, Lincoln Financial, when they're talking to you guys, like he's from Carbondale. Carbondale is the smallest classification school, mm-hmm. you know, and he's one of our better players ever here. So, so that's something where you know I think the culture of football is important. You know, the area it's similar to this area, mm-hmm. you know, uh, exactly. you know. So I think that's that's a huge thing in the toughness factor. Okay. You know, you know, we just get guys that you know, look at it this way, like the PSAC, the Division Two league in Pennsylvania. There's mm-hmm. a lot of really really good football exactly. players in that league. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that as a starting point of you know the PSAC and then. You know, if trying to find the guys, obviously academically that fit our mold, but getting that that blue collar, that toughness factor, and uh, you know, guys that are coming here with a chip on their shoulder, I think that that marries up pretty well with us and and, and football in Pennsylvania. Um, and obviously, when you were hired here, what was like your initial reaction? What was the first week? Was it were you relaxed? Were you like very excited, nervous? I was probably nervous. Um, I'm uh, by nature. 
you know, the, uh, the fear of failure, our fear of uh, being not prepared or underprepared, you know, is, is, is a deal that, you know, so obviously coming in, trying to figure out a new coaching position with the tight ends, I'm sure I was, I was scrambling to get all that, that stuff done, so I was ready for day one. Um, I think the final, the first staff meeting I was ever in, Coach Biddle asked me why, uh, I think one of his first questions he said to the whole staff, he's like, because we struggled early on in our, in our schedules over the years. We always schedule up, we always schedule either FCS, the, the upper echelon scholarship schools, or, or, or FBS schools, mm -hmm. and it was always like that. So a lot of our best teams ever, um, the 2003 and 2018 are exceptions, but a lot of those other ones, we started off 0-2, mm -hmm. sometimes 0-3, because we played the bigger schools, and on paper, the schools that are you know, supposedly better than the Patriot League. So, um, so Coach Pittle asked me in the first meeting, he's like, hey, Stan, you played here, uh, why don't we win our early games? I'm pretty sure I didn't say anything. I probably just kind of froze and and, uh, and and maybe mumbled something. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, but that's that's that, I do remember that vividly. But mm -hmm. but I mean that's that's a long time ago. Um, a lot of times it's that's a little bit of a blur. But mm -hmm. I remember um, you know our first game was against Albany. I mean Jordan Scott was phenomenal. I mean you talk about a kid who would take 30 carries, maybe even 40 on a Saturday, then he'd be full padded at Monday practice, winning every sprint. I mean, he was just an absolute beast. So we were actually in a transition from 2006 was Coach Bill's first losing season. 2007, we had a great senior class with guys like Mike Gallagher, Pat Nolan, Cody Williams, guys that were just stud leaders. And we had a good underclassman and then Alex Ralph was in that class as well. And we had a lot of good guys. In Alex the, Ralph was a recurring guest. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that's something that those guys set the tone. Like, listen, we're not a losing mm -hmm. season type exactly. of team. So they, they flipped the switch, and that was kind of cool to see that. We struggled early on a little bit, but then we got a rhythm towards the end of the year. Okay. And, uh, and like, when you play meaningful games here, that's when I kind of first felt it as a coach. Like, when you're – and it's October and early November, and you're in the mix for the league, and you're in the mix with playoff talk – and you know the weather starts changing up here and, and you go out to practice with a sense of purpose like that's that's a pretty special time that mm -hmm. was my first taste of that mm -hmm. um and so what about when when you were named the head coach what was the first like week or so like yeah that's um you know there's obviously a lot going on you know and uh you know kind of living living two worlds of uh you know you're uh I mentioned before, Coach Hunt's a close friend of mine. So there's the personal element there of, of uh, you know, thinking and caring about a friend. And then there's the other side of it. It's like, hey, we got to go. You mm -hmm. know, this is a huge, a huge um, um, opportunity for me. But as a program, it's like we got we got to roll. Exactly. You know, there's no time to, to waste and no time to, to um, you know, the more time we wait, obviously, the, the more it hurt the program. So it was like we had to hit the ground running. Exactly. So, um, you know, that first Monday when it all came out, called all the guys on the team which sounded like a great idea and it was great um the list was it started Long. like towards the end of the night i'm like wow these guys the list keeps on going but it was i mean i wanted to make sure i reached out uh, you know i think that's important to me that connection um we talked about recruiting you know obviously messaging and recruiting uh the next day trying mm -hmm. to make sure we're all on the same page with and we're not you know at that point we weren't really too too heavily deep into a lot of kids so um you know depending on what they knew what they saw you know on twitter and stuff like that and then, you know, we talked the next day, we did some staff stuff, um, you know, I had to shuffle some stuff around there. And then, and then really since then, it's been, you know, offense, defense, getting themselves ready. We're also doing recruiting. Um, we had to hire a new staff. 
Um, preparing to get you guys up here in July was just different than normal years, yeah. you know, with all the logistics around it, with, with the, some of the COVID protocols and the timing. So that was a huge, that was a huge thing. And then, you know, just getting ready for August. So mm -hmm. it's been constant. Um, it's been awesome. I mean, I, I've, it's been a different summer. Like I told my wife, like, we're going to, you know, this summer will be crazy, but it's for the next, you know, five to 10 summers to be, to be the mortal one. So that's kind of the goal. So. Exactly. And um, obviously during that, during that first, like, two or three weeks, you, you had a great reception from all the alumni. And, and what's that been like to, to have the back, you being an alum yourself, having, having that support, what has that been like? That's been, that's been unreal. I and mean, I've told a couple people this, like the, one of the hardest parts of that first week or so is reciprocating all the outreach with the text back or mm -hmm. emails back um, that came from friends, you know, outside of Colgate, but the Colgate people, a lot of them are my great friends the the outreach was was unreal you know i think the the thing about like when i talked to my teammates and like when i was talking to actually my roommate for four years he didn't play football he was uh people thought he did because he's always around us uh jeremy he's he was in my wedding he's you know one of my best friends we were talking to him on the phone i was just kind of you know talking through everything and he's on the other end just being like yes yes like you right we were just like i think people know like my closest friends know how much this means to me, you yeah, know, how hard, you know, we've worked over the years, you know, and how much, you know, I built my family here and everything. So that connection is from the, from my, you know, real close friends. Like that's a special connection. Mm -hmm. The guys, the other alums that, you know, I've been here for a while, obviously I'm an, I'm, I'm an alum. Um, I've, you know, the longer I've been here, the more I've, I've gotten to know more guys outside of my era. Um, I think they're, uh, you know, that support has been awesome. And I think, you know, they know how much I care about the program. So, um, so that's something that, uh, that's been pretty special for sure. Okay. Um, and and now um, I asked one of your good friends um, um, to send us a recording of of him praising you as a head coach, okay. and um, that would be Sean McHugh. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna play this, and then All right. you can react. To Can't it. wait. Tucker, love the show. Long time listener, first time caller. Sean McHugh in here. One of the things that makes me so excited about Coach Takasi taking over the program is his intelligence. His intelligence is what allows him to have so much depth as a head coach. He can teach the game to this defense in a manner where they can play fast, make plays. These kids can go on and do great things because of the way he allows them to play. And he teaches the game to them so that they can go out and do that. And he can pivot and go in and do a home and talk to a high-achieving kid with high-achieving parents and explain to them how they can be successful at Colgate and show them the blueprint through the Maroon Mentor Program and they can see the products that they have uh, produced. He's been a part of all of that. And his intelligence, so the, along with the, the, the staff that has done all of this in these last 10 years, plus years, it's been wonderful. And then lastly, his intelligence is going to allow him to evolve with this, this evolving game. Um, you know, young kids don't want to be taught with anyone who has some type of uh, resentment to the way, towards the way the game's going. <laughs> no one wants that. And uh, Coach DeCosti will connect with these kids who, who want to play the game well, the right way, in a game where it's going, in the game, in the way that it's, it needs to be played. And uh, Coach DeCosti will do all of those things gracefully and do it, do it well. And um, I'm excited for him to have the opportunity to grab the reins. It's, it's his show. And um, you know he's earned this opportunity, and we're pumped. So those the 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 connecting factor is his intelligence, and then it just spews over into these other avenues. And I think he's the he's going to do great things as uh, as the head coach of Colgate. Thanks, Tucker. I appreciate the opportunity to contribute. And go Gate, gotta. Okay, what was your, what 
And I know he's a great friend of yours, and he's also he's a friend of the show and everything. So what what's it like not not to have that we were talking about all these alumni, but to have like your best friend basically say that? Yeah, no, he uh, appreciate that, Sean. Um, you know, Sean and I um, obviously we go way way back. He's godfather to my youngest child. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a Western Pennsylvania guy. So there's some some good things out of that side of the state, but. Uh, no, I think that's the, you know, he he knows, you know, we've talked a lot of football over the years, so, you know, he's he's gotten back into coaching and he loves it. He's going to do a great job at it. And he's 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 one of the best human beings. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, we, Colgate just attracts, it attracts good people. Exactly. And and the McCunes, him and his brother and his parents, like they're, they're great examples of that. So, you know, it means a lot. Um, you know, I think the, the, uh, um, his angle on, on my approach is, uh, you know, obviously some insight. He knows me and he knows I'm – at the end of the day, I'm not going to be complacent. I think that's, that's kind of what he's, what he's getting at there. I think there's a, a lot of different ways you could approach this. And I've been here a long time, so there's not a – there's never a, a year or anything where I just kind of felt comfortable. There's always been that push to outdo what we've done in the past. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people could look at it as, oh, you've been here a while. You're just kind of coasting through like that couldn't be – further from the truth. So I think he, he gets that. Um, he's been with, you know, on many other end of the phone calls where I've been talking through a lot of that stuff. And uh, um, and uh, I think connecting to people and whether you guys, the players or the recruits, obviously it's, uh, um, it's something that, you know, it, it's a big part of the coaching. It's, it's probably the biggest part of coaching is connecting and communicating. So, mm-hmm. so I, I appreciate that, Sean. Um, I did mention him. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had that Madden tournament, mm-hmm. and uh, Sean's senior year in our media guide, they used to do a Q&A with the people on the cover, so he was on the cover. He was a captain of the 2003 team, great player. And uh, he wrote, it's, uh, the question said, what do you like to do in your spare time? And he wrote, beating Stan DeCosti in NCAA, so, which is completely <laughs> false. In his yeah, it's completely me. false, because I beat him most of the time. Um, the times that I would let him beat me is probably times leading up to game week, because I was injured. Um, that, that season, that's we're the 3 team. And uh, so as it was getting closer to Saturdays, I didn't want to give him any other added pressure as we were rolling through the playoffs. <laughs> so I'll let him take a couple Ws and uh, to get his confidence up so we can go out and win some playoff games. So that's just early on. You yeah. see, there's that, that, that kind of mm-hmm. coaching from a side yeah. angle there early on. But, but no, Sean's the best. Um, he knows I love him. And, uh, you know, he's – and, again, like the, the guys that know me, like the close friends and the, the support has been – you know, because they've been with me along the ride for for a long time, so it means a lot for sure. Okay. And um, on the topic of that team, the 2003 team, what was so special about that team? I would say, I mean, there's a lot. You know, there's – I remember early on in August, guys were, like, canceling, like, interviews that they had in December because it was the same weekend as a national championship game. Like, they were like, we got this. Mm-hmm. And the level of confidence, uh, the leadership – you talk about a player-led team, you know, the captains with Sean was one, you know, John Frazier, and then Temway, who's the defensive coordinator at Boston College, Tem Lukabu. And, and that was, I mean, and there could have been probably other captains on the team because there's, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of great leadership. Um, the togetherness was, was awesome, you know, hanging out all the time together. Um, and, and just like most great teams, you're going to say the, the continuity of the, 
with the teams is always probably the biggest one in the brotherhood. So I would, you know, I know the 2018 senior class, I know with the podcast we had with Dylan and Thomas, like that was a big thing for them. You know, the 03, that crew, um, you know, there's also awesome football players on the team. Exactly. You know, like you can go through and pick out by position and, and say that guy could be on the Mount Rushmore of Colgate football, whatever, is running back or, or D-line or you know, receiver, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, like there's, there's some awesome players. And, uh, you know, so I think that was, you know, there was a lot that went into it. And um, I was able to kind of watch it from, through a different lens, which is a difficult lens to watch it through because I wasn't playing. But I was, because I was injured and I would like, you know, help out with film and practice and I would signal and plays during the game. So never once ever did the team ever not, I'd never felt like I wasn't part of the team, yeah. but whether the coaches or obviously my friends and the players. So that, that part of it kind of says a lot about the program as well. So um, now they were confident, you know, we've had teams over the years that they walked on the field and there was no shot they were losing. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had teams over the years that they in between series, they'd walk off the defense would walk off. They'd be angry because they didn't feel like they were challenged by the offense. Like that team was kind of one of those of, of uh, you know, they held themselves to a high standard and they played that way. And, and they set a lot of standards with, I know Temway would get the defense every night after practice downstairs in the Western and watch film on their own, mm -hmm. you know, just, uh, and to do that for, you know, whatever, 16, 18 weeks straight, exactly. you know, is a pretty special thing, yeah. so. Yeah. And great coaches, look at the coaching staff, a lot of those mm -hmm. guys, I mean, our D-line coaches now, are, I'm pretty sure he's still O-line coach at LSU. Um, coach West was, uh, I think he was there in 02, I think he left that year, Coach Young came in um, and, uh, you know, Coach Foley was a great coach. Mm -hmm. He went on to coach at UConn, and Coach Frazier's at Rutgers. Coach Pinkham had a had a great career after he left here. So there's there's a lot of great coaches too mm -hmm. on that. Yeah. Okay, and um, one last question here: um, what what are like what will be your three pillars of, of this program as the head coach? Well, good question, Ty. Um, well, I kind of I look at it as two different angles, you know, and it's actually four pillars in a sense. So if you go general broad look at the program, we got our academics, we got our football, we got our, you know, your professional development. And then I say you got like our community, like how you guys exist on campus and with each other. Mm -hmm. and those are the big things. With the, each of those things, you know, we try to develop you and, and make sure you get resources and, and, and pushed to be as good as you could be in all those areas. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's all that stuff is on the field and off the field stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I think if like for the immediate future right now, you know, where we're going from a culture standpoint, it's kind of twofold. It's a little bit of, we're really going to hammer home on, 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 on the family end of things because that's number one to me. So it's the hugest thing. And I think, you know, the word brotherhood always comes out of a lot of Colgate discussions with alumni and everything. So um, really try to cultivate that because we've been so scattered the last year and a half, mm -hmm. you know, exactly. so to get you guys back together um, and, uh, you know, kind of really, really hit that hard and, and uh, you know, try to build that bond and the camaraderie within the team. And, and the other thing is going to be, you know, discipline. And it's not necessarily a, um, you know, I'm not talking about like drill sergeant stuff. I'm talking about just, I've told you guys, this, just taking pride in the little exactly. things, you know, just, just trying to, you know, tighten this, this up and, and uh, help you guys understand that there's, there is a light at the end of the tunnel of, yeah, are we good enough to win games? Yes, but there's a lot of work in the meantime. So to be a part of that, because at the end of the day, like it's, you know, there's been a gap in a lot of our history and tradition and with the last year and a half of being really non-existent. So to have you guys able to put your own personality on it and, and for us to kind of guide you through, that's pretty special. And um, 
Um, now we're going to go to the snap rapid fire questions. I'm going to ask you personal questions. Well, not personal questions. Okay. So, um, uh, your favorite movie, Coach? Favorite movie? Well, that's a great, oh, man. Um, I can't, I, if I say it, it's going to sound not professional. Um, but the movie by Johnny Depp was out when I was in college. Uh, I used to, I would be at one point in my life, my favorite movie. Is I had to deal with him and, and get in trouble for smuggling drugs. So it was a movie called yeah. uh, Blow, which again, I'm not, you know, that doesn't sound too professional sound right now. Yeah. So I'll, so I'll, I'll flip the switch there and I'll, I'll throw out a, um, a better movie. I watch a lot of movies with my kids these days, yeah. you know, so if we're gonna go that route, okay. if I had to pick all my kids' movies, Zootopia was probably the one I enjoyed the most. Okay. Um, uh, what's another one most recently? There's one with uh, uh, the Disney movie with like they had the characters that were evil characters back in the day. And then there's good characters on this island, evil characters on the other island. And there's three movies of them. And I'm drawing a blank right now. My kids were watching it last night. So sorry, Disney. I'll get back to you on that. Um, and then your favorite TV show? Uh, growing up was Fresh Prince. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That, I could, if you give me the first 30 seconds of a Fresh Prince episode, I could tell you what happened the whole way. So. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, uh, and then your favorite meal, like what meal would you like to have? Like, well, I would say this, uh, any version of a chicken parm, whether it's on a platter or on a hoagie roll. Okay. And, uh, and I also have an affinity for pretzels. Okay. So, um, and then your greatest memory at Colgate. Greatest memory at Colgate. Coaching slash playing. That, well, the easy one would be the JMU kick. That okay. was the most recent, um, you know, I can go, this goes deep because there's been a lot of great uh, running on the field after big games and, and celebrating big moments. Um, you know, the uh, yeah, Florida Atlanta back in the day, I mean, Coastal Carolina, uh, we kicked the field goal to beat them at the end, but we bobbled the snap, and the snapper ran back, picked it up, and threw it on like a fire drill, and that's how we beat them with no time left. That was pretty insane. I've never heard of that Yeah, before. 2008. Um, you know, I think, uh, um, I mean, I, I met my wife here, so I would say that trumps everything, you know, not through Colgate. I mean, when I came back to work, she, she came back um, after her college um, in between grad school. And we were, uh, we met and uh, that kind of. She's from the area. She's from around the area, yeah. So, so that, that started uh, the biggest part of my life up here. So um, that would be tough to beat. I think if you go back to the JMU kick, the thing that kind of, there's no real pictures of it or, or there's video of like guys running off the sideline, but I ran off the sideline celebrate I turned around and I not choreographed anything I ran right into my dad and we just hugged and that was That's that awesome. was that was pretty cool um that was not a we didn't like go looking for each other it just mm -hmm. kind of happened like that that was a pretty cool okay. deal and then uh and then one person uh does not have to be a celebrity uh uh they could be dead or alive um you would take the dinner and why oh interesting that that's a good one, Tuck. Well, I'm a history guy. Same with me. I think Dylan, didn't Dylan say like a, a Roman, ancient Roman emperor uh, or something like that? Uh, yeah, and then Thomas yeah. roasted him for it. Yeah. I'd, pro I'd have to go more like, probably former president, like JFK, that'd be interesting. Nice. Kind of get a little uh, um, off the record conversation to, to mm -hmm. see what his, uh, exactly. you know, he, he, a lot of layers of that, that man's life right there. So yeah. that, that'd be interesting. Um, you know, obviously you can go to family route and, um, my my uh, two grandfathers that came over to work in the coal mines. I would like to, you know, meet them. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, they set a pretty uh, 
that's that's the start of our uh, our lives over here. So that'd be pretty cool too. My great grandfather's my great grandfather. Yeah. Um. Okay, Coach. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks, Tuck. Thank you. Amen. Okay, Raider Nation. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Coach Sakosti. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and stay tuned for next week for next week's episode in in a sneak peek into the defensive backs room with with starting senior cornerback Colin Hurd and our new safeties coach that was moved from outside linebackers, Coach Jordan Belfiore. Thank you. See you next week, everyone. Bye.